history, myth, legend, and folklore, the Reaper has always been our guide to the other side. My name is Burton, and join me as we follow the Reaper. Hello, my friends. Tis finally the season. The haunted season. The days grow shorter. The leaves change to brilliant yellows, oranges, and reds. Then wither. This is the time of year that serves as a reminder that we are all, always, following the Reaper. I hope everyone is doing well. And I apologize for the delay in episodes lately. I suppose you could consider the first four episodes as a soft launch, if you will. Because now I've really got things cooking. I promise that won't happen again. And trust me, I plan on making the second half of the spooky month much more haunting than the first. So, with that said, let's dive in. Tonight we start off with a story that comes to us from a very good friend of mine, host of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Please, everyone, welcome to the show, Wayne from Michigan. Hey, Burton. This is Wayne from the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. And I thought I would take a second to send you a story of a paranormal encounter that I had myself. I'm not sure the date on this, but at one point in my life, I was living in Howell, Michigan. In the house that I lived in, when you walked in the front door, there was a set of stairs that would go up and to the left, and then at the top of the stairs, it would turn right. To my immediate right would be the living room, and then directly in front of me would be a hallway leading into the kitchen and breakfast nook. When I came home one day, after going to school, I opened up that door, closed the door behind me, and looked down the hallway that was in front of me. Now, mind you, my ex-wife and I had a couple small kids and we used baby gates to help keep them from climbing up the stairs. But the gates also did a second thing, and that was to keep the dogs from going upstairs as well. So we just kind of left the baby gates laying at the base of the stairs where it would deter the dogs and the kids as they got older could just step over it or slide it without a problem. But as I walked in the door and I looked down the hallway toward the kitchen, I noticed my female pit bull with her head around the corner growling. Now that's not something you normally like to see, especially from a pit bull. Everything starts going through your head as to 
okay, the dog's gone crazy. She's going to try to kill me. It's a pit bull. All those good things. But what I noticed is that the dog was growling, not at me, but off to my left where this baby gate was laying on the stairs. And it was almost horizontal. I looked at the baby gate and I looked at the dog and I said, what is wrong, girl? And she started growling more and I saw the hair on the back of her uh, back start to lift up. This baby gate proceeded to stand up on edge, move for a minute, and it was right next to me, and then slide down the hallway at the dog, sending her running and yiping. It was absolutely insane. I immediately turned, opened the door, locked the door, and left the house. And I went to go get something to eat and kind of hang out for a couple hours at the local stores. It was one of the most bizarre incidents that I've ever had. So I hope you and your listeners enjoy this story and have a good one. Thank you so much, Wayne, for sending in that story. And trust me, everyone, he's got a couple more he will hopefully be sending in soon. This is not the last time we will hear from the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. This story is an interesting one for me. While Wayne Michelle and I have yet to meet in person, although we have done multiple podcasts together, both on their show, and my other show, Lost in the Dark Podcast. I've also been following their show since episode one. So for good reason, I feel like I know them fairly well. And I certainly don't see Wayne as the type to imagine or make anything up. If he says he saw something, I believe him. He takes a similar approach to me. His probably more educated and in-depth as he is a science teacher. We both approach the paranormal with the same basic question. Can this be explained? When it comes to the story he just told of the baby gate moving on its own. It reminds me of a story I told on episode one of this podcast. One or two, I believe. A story that came from my cousin Preston, who having just moved into a new house, watched with his sister, a three to four foot tall, large oval mirror leaning against a wall, do a complete 360 spin with no one touching it and no explanation of how this could have happened. Not to 
different than a baby gate standing up and sliding down a hallway. Both wildly unexplained. And both from sources that would never make something like that up. Wayne's story, however, is a bit more intense. He actually watched this baby gate lift itself up, then slide down a hallway. I simply have no possible explanation for that one. Thank you again, Wayne. And everyone listening, be sure to check out Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. And we look forward to hearing from you again soon. This next story also comes to us from a very good friend of mine who experienced a real haunting in a haunted attraction. A Halloween set up fake haunted house. He experienced something real. Before we get started, this was technically not a call in, but we were sitting down to record an episode of my other podcast, Lost in the Dark Podcast. And before we got started, my friend told me he had a story, which we recorded separately for this show. So you may hear me chime in a couple of words from time to time. But I did my best to edit myself out. Also, a brief sound warning. He had a couple of notifications going off a couple of times during the episode. I also did my best to edit those out as well. However, not a single detail or word of his story was edited or changed in any way. With that said, my friends, please welcome my friend Aaron to the show. Okay. Well, what's up? This is Aaron Clark from the band Victims of the System. And this story I'm about to tell took place over last night and today. And for those of you who don't know, which is probably a lot, I work as an actor in a haunted house, in like a haunted attraction uh, called Bedlam in Scottsboro, Alabama. And uh, apparently it was known that there were spirits here or whatever you want to call them entities. I don't know the fucking terminology, but what I do know is that they were aware of what was there and I was not, I was not made aware. And, you know, it's like, okay, it's a haunted house. Like it's going to be creepy, but like this shit was gut-richingly terrifying. 
I have never been this scared in my life. I have considered myself a Satanist for years, and I considered going to church immediately following the situation. I was so scared. And it, so it started. We, we were going to open up. We didn't didn't have enough actors. So we just kind of hang out. I play guitar, guitar battle with my boss, blah, blah, blah. We we're throwing axes, and my friend Jeremiah Ashton, they were there. They don't work there, but Trevor, the bassist, and Caleb, the drummer, also do work there. So we were all there. And as I'm throwing axes, Jeremiah, Caleb, and Ashton uh, look at me and go, Aaron, come on. And I was like, hold up. And then they just leave without me. I was like, whatever. And what they had done is went into the haunt. And while in the haunt, stumbled upon a Ouija board with tarot cards on a table in one of the rooms. In that room, there was like, I'm sure most of it's for looks, but there was like a big pentagram on the floor. There was inverted crosses, you know, the, all, the whole nine and just to scare people and shit. But the Ouija board was not just a looks thing. The Ouija board was not just something that they threw on there to look creepy at all because it obviously worked because they did it. And for starters, they did it without knowing what the fuck they were doing which is a horrible idea from the get-go, but I wasn't back there for this part. So if some of the details are off of this one section, this is just the part I missed, but the rest will be spot on. But the story of, like, as I was told of this part, they went back there, were playing around with the Ouija board, and a shadow walked by them. And they all turned around and looked. They said they saw it clear as day past the Ouija board, and they sprinted out. They sprinted out of the whole haunt, and then I saw them run, and Jeremiah and Ashton left. They got in their car and left. I think Caleb did too, and I was talking to them about it, and I was talking to, like, Blaine, the, that being the owner of Voltage Music Hall, and Trevor, and we were just sitting down playing guitar about it, and they were like, these two girls that know a lot about Ouija boards were there, and they were like, they didn't say goodbye. That's not good, and I was like, oh, well, they're gone, you know? Then three girls walk in and the three girls at the, were like, Hey, we're not open tonight. And they're like, Oh, shut up. Do uh, you got a bathroom we can use? We're like, yeah, right there. Now the bathroom is down this hallway. It's a dead end hallway. It goes to the bathrooms. That's it. Where we're sitting, we see a direct view of it, of the hallway, not in the bathrooms, but the hallway, we see it. And they go in and we're sitting there. And we're, you know, still bullshitting, playing guitar. And about 25 to 30 minutes pass by, they're still in there. So we're like, they never left. No, they're going to need to leave. You know, we're not open. So we go get some female owners to walk in the bathrooms. Nobody. We go in the boys' bathroom. Nobody. We check every surrounding area that's back there. Nothing. They never walk back out. And they never were in, like, they were not in there. We did not see them again after the moment that they walked in. Then I, I'm like, holy shit, that cannot not be related, you know? So I call Jeremiah and he's, I'm like, bro, come down here and say goodbye. I tell him the three girls thing. And they're like, you're fucking with me. I was like, dude, on everything I love, on everything I love, I'll put it on my baby brother's life that I'm not fucking with you. And then they, so they come back 
And I'm like, okay, I'm going back there with him this time because I'm going to film this, you know, and I wanted to see. So I'll walk back there with him. It's me. Now it's me. Oh, there was a green, a kid in a green hoodie who was back there first. Time. I just don't know his name, but he was back there with him the first time. And he came back there with us this time. And it was me, Jeremiah, Ashton, Trevor snuck up on him and Caleb and this green hoodie kid. That's how many people are in there. Six people. We go back there. We're on the Ouija board and not a lot's happening. It's talking to us. We're like, are you still here? It's like, yes. It's like, can we say goodbye? It slides to no. They slide it to goodbye forcefully, like force forcefully. Not a good idea. And so as we do that, we're sprinting out and I'm holding on to my brother, the, the back of his shirt for dear life. I'm swinging, I'm falling, but I'm holding on because I'm not getting left behind. As we're running, the haunted house is kind of set up like a, not a maze, but I guess like a maze, you know, it's not like, oh, it's hard to get out of, but the, an easy maze to get out of, like, you know, your exact way out, but like that, there's one hallway that you go through and then you get through all the doors and shit. So this next part makes no sense. You can't, I cannot explain it because from the moment we left that room, I was filming soon as we took off, I didn't stop filming, but the video stops. Soon as we took off, banging on both sides of the walls to the point where they're shaking. And Trevor was looking at him and said he saw them moving, following us until there was no walls left. It followed us the entire way we were sprinting, kept up with speed. There was places where there were no behind the walls. There was nowhere for somebody to be behind the walls. Still banging right next to us following us on every end pounding to the point where the walls those strong ass walls were shaking so i was fucking terrified and we go back there i'm leaned over i'm like trying to explain it to the chicks jeremiah and ashton are already back in the car but they're not leaving and uh i'm telling the chicks i'm like it wouldn't let them say goodbye and they're, they're i'm like will you guys please go back there with us like please and then they finally did and we're going back there and they know what they're doing. So it was good to have them there. I never once touched the Ouija board, but uh, this next part, it was like, um, I think, I don't remember the question we asked or I don't remember, but it put itself on the number six when the, and like, I forgot to mention this, but when we were back there the second time, when I was back there, Jeremiah kind of has a mouth on him and he'll run it to anybody with a heartbeat apparently also to those without a heartbeat because he was running his mouth to the fucking demons and yeah and yeah calling them a bitch and shit all the whole non and uh so i there were six of us back there when i guess it got pissed off because now we're up there and it puts itself on the number six and then spells out death three times and it asked we asked what it wanted from us it kept spelling death it said it was going home with one of us and as all of this is happening, um, my phone says, you ran out of storage. You can't record anymore. So I went to free up space on Google Photos, and it pressed every button on there, except, like, it's finally got to free up space, and it said, oh, there's nothing to clear up. You don't have anything that you need to clear up. Like, you're fine. And I was like, what the fuck? And then, um, so it put itself on three. When we asked it, like, oh, what's your name? or something along the lines of what's your name and it put itself on the number three 
and it, they thought, oh, green shirt kid, get out of here. They wants to talk to them three. And so he was like, can I say goodbye individually? And it went to yes. And he goes, I, I forget his fucking name, say goodbye. And it slid to goodbye. What I realized when we asked it, what's its name, what its name was, and then it put itself on the number three. There was three girls that walked in that never came back out. What the fuck, man? And so I realized that pretty far after, but I told Blaine. And um, so uh, we asked if it was the trickster. I don't know much about that, but they said to ask it that, and it said yes. And then they were they were like, okay, it's, the joke's over. We have to go. Can we say goodbye? Slots to no. We ask it for its name again, and it spells like, like Tufla or something. I don't know. But uh, as, as all this is happening, I stick my head in the hallway over, and it's like the most empty, alone, cold I've ever felt in my life. It, it was horrifying. My nose started running suddenly. Like, yeah. And then as it's progressing, they keep – the three dudes with the hand, their hands on it now, just keep saying, "Oh fuck this shit, fuck this boy," you know, talking like that. And then I guess it's getting angrier because now in the other room, as we're hearing all this, there's footsteps. Trevor's hearing voices. There's and then like something we'll ask something, and after, right after the question we ask, in one of the rooms in the haunt, we'll hear a bang on the wall. We'll hear stuff fall. We'll hear footsteps, voices, all that, and. Uh, the rule of foot with Ouija boards or whatever. Yeah, so I've heard. I'm not super educated on them, but I've heard you ask it its age. If it says it's younger than 14, then it's a demon. We asked it its age. It said it was two. And said it died in 1940. And um, so we asked it if it was a demon. It said yes. We asked it if it was going home with us it said yes we asked it to put uh to show us the letter of the first name of the person that's going home with it and put it on a g there was nobody back there with the name that started with g but it's like a two-year-old you know a two-year-old that died in 1940 might not know how to spell that great and jeremiah starts with a j which is right next to g and kind of sounds like it in some ways you know so I, that part's like, okay, I'll just assume that, but I, I got notifications going off. But um, regardless, uh, when all this was happening, Blaine said, come with me. I was like, okay. And then he just walked out and walked back to the lobby through the side and didn't want to have to walk back through the haunt. He, he was like, I was just getting the fuck out of there, man. What the fuck? It's saying it's a fucking demon and it's going to go home with one of y'all. I was like, I fucking know. I live with one of them, dude. I live with one of them. And fucking, um, we get back there. We're sitting in the lobby. I get a call from Trevor. My favorite song of all time is Revolution Is My Name by Pantera. And he starts his car. And as he's driving past, this is a huge building. Huge. It takes up a whole city block. Massive. As he's driving past the part where he knows exactly that's where they, they're at. As soon as he started the car, the radio static he passes that it re it's on the part where he keeps repeating what is my name and then he gets past it and it's back to static i'm like holy shit what the fuck and so i hang up i call my good 
fucking friend, paranormal expert Burton to uh, tell him about this. And what the fuck is he doing? He's at a fucking damn Iron Maiden concert. So he couldn't fucking help me none. Anyways, so I'm in the lobby now. Eventually, like we call him like seven times because they're in there for like 45 minutes and they're like, it's not letting them say goodbye. It's saying no. And it won't tell us what it has to say. And we're like, oh shit, you know? Eventually they come out. They never got to say goodbye. All they got to do was say, okay, we're saying goodbye and moved it to it. It didn't say goodbye. So we're all scared shitless. We're, I'm fucking driving home with Jeremiah. He's crying. He's fucking crying. And the, it's was horrifying. And then as we get there, like we get to Jeremiah's house, I go to sleep. Next day, today, brand new day, whatever. I go to the store with Ashton, uh, Jeremiah's little brother, his older sister, Ella, and me. She turns on the radio. It goes through every radio station possible. And she's pressing all the buttons. It won't stop. And it's just speeding through all these radio stations. She's banging on it. It's not stopping. She makes all of us get out of the car. The moment we step out of the car, it's working fine. The moment we stepped out of the car, it was working fine. But when we're in the car, it's just speeding through every fucking radio station. And yeah, that's basically it as of right now. But, you know, and regardless of an interesting story, one of the most horrifying experiences I've ever had in my entire life. And it's truthfully changes how I look at anything paranormal, how I look at life, how I look at all of that shit. It changes how I look at shit. And it's, I think it would do that for anybody. Cause it was like, I truthfully think the hardest, most baddest, badass cigar smoking fucking gun toting motherfucker. If he was back there, he'd be just as scared as I was. Cause that shit was fucking horrifying, but that's all I got. Thank you so much, Aaron, for sending in that story. That is certainly a wild one. And one where we have a lot to unpack. The first thing that I would like to comment on is the use of the Ouija board. Now, this is something I have to be honest about. It's hard for me to believe in the Ouija board. It's something that I want to believe in. But I have yet to see the evidence to truly back it up. That certainly does not mean I don't think it could be real. I just have yet to see the hard evidence firsthand. Having said that, a very close friend of mine and... Someone I know would not make a story up to me, especially about this, has a claim, and I believe his story. The first thing in his story that stuck out to me was the three women that walked into the restroom. The reason why that this stuck out to me is because I have recently become familiar with a phenomena that I'd never heard of before called mirrored 
men. Now, the mirrored men are typically described as three male entities moving in unison with similar features when seen together, but certain features vary from sighting to sighting. This is a relatively new paranormal phenomenon that I became aware of, seemingly now entering the zeitgeist. And I heavily credit a major influence for this podcast as being the one to shed light on the mirrored men. So, for more information on them, be sure to check out Monsters Among Us, one of my personal favorite podcasts. Now, where these three apparent human females mirroring one another. Could this be the first case ever of mirrored women? I simply do not know. But when I hear a story of three people disappearing in the way that Aaron described, that's immediately where my mind goes. The next part of the story that really stuck out to me was the radio the next day flipping through the channels almost like a spirit box almost seemingly trying to communicate now could this experience be chalked up to an extraordinarily elaborate prank certainly certainly maybe the three girls were friends of people that worked at the haunt and they had worked out a prank beforehand that made them able to disappear to everyone that was still working that night disappear out of a out of a window or something like that and then they were somehow able to make the walls shake and bang on the walls during their Ouija board session. Is that all possible? Absolutely. But I know Aaron very well. And he has been on many podcast episodes with me. And he has never had a paranormal experience to share with me until now. So I can say honestly that unless this was some sort of extremely elaborate prank pulled on some workers of this haunted attraction, this was a genuine experience, if not an entirely staged one. And if it was staged, Aaron was certainly not a part of it because he is certainly not the type to ever make anything like this up. He has no interest in the paranormal. So for him to tell me a story like this 
all of it definitely happened. And to be honest, considering all the possibilities, I don't think it was a prank. Especially when you consider the events of the following day, where the radio was flipping through like a spirit box. And while this might be more synchronicity than fact, I do find it interesting that I recently watched a documentary called Hellier on Amazon Prime that suggested more than one type of entity might be attempting to communicate in between radio signals. And what I mean by that, is it paranormal or extraterrestrial? Maybe they're one and the same. And that's going to do it for this episode of Follow the Reaper Podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed tonight's stories. And I again apologize for the delay in episodes. Again, consider the first four a soft opening. And now, we are full steam ahead. I've got a bonus episode for you this week as well as a Halloween special. And another new episode coming up next week as well. So please, if you or anyone you know have a paranormal encounter of any kind that they would like to talk with me about in private or have shared on the show, please reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Follow the Reaper Podcast. Or reach out to me on Follow the Reaper Podcast at gmail.com. I cannot wait to hear from you. And as always, thank you for joining me tonight as we follow the Reaper. <laughs>